0: had to bring it together for my own healing, you know, to realize that like, oh, I'm my body is reacting to all of this trauma that I've experienced. Big societal trauma, intergenerational trauma, past life trauma. Like I was just like, there's many, there's many levels, you know? And then I was like, I want to share that. I want to share what I've learned. Because for me, the big thing that felt so lonely and that whole experience was, why isn't anyone else talking about this? Like why can't I find the people who are sharing this with me, you know? And sometimes I would, I'd find people and I'd feel like, you know, that, that meme of the person making all the different links between things. Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I was just committed to offering that to people and just telling my story.
1: Yo, what's good, TSV community? It's your boy, the nature boy. You're now tuned into Telescope Vision's Golden Generation where each week we're dedicated to bringing you the most prominent artists who are going to be a force to be reckoned with globally, but more so those who are breaking down barriers currently. We would also like to give you guys some much needed valuable information, inspiration and motivation to any of you who are looking to enter the business world, the creative world or the sports world. So today's episode is kind of a different tone from the usual episodes that we have and it's actually a a really amazing episode i'm really excited for you guys to hear it I, i had so much fun with the guest, and i learned so much so in today's episode we decided to give you guys some valuable information towards alternative holistic measures towards healing and improving your health we brought in a sexual coach spiritual liberator, Tumbaloto, and we touched on a whole array of topics ranging from the health benefit of psilocybin, the, the crux and the essence of what sexual energy is, and how you can harness that sexual energy to, to feel rejuvenated and more energized throughout your day. So today's actually yeah, it's a really exciting episode. I'm really am hyped for you guys to to tune in. so without any further delays, so Toby please drop that beat and let's get into the episode. Today we have a really exciting episode lined up, we have someone who is such a phenomenal being, really powerful, you can really feel it when when they talk through the technology and someone who's just unapologetically them, authentic to the max and just a gem of a soul. So please welcome Tumi Moloto.
0: what a beautiful introduction i'm like oh yeah that is true and that's an aspect of myself and wow i love that so thank you yeah yeah i'm glad to be here i'm excited
1: yeah i'm I'm really just grateful for this moment i'm thankful for your time and just yeah i'm just grateful to be here you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) so how are you like spiritually mentally physically how are you doing
0: how am I doing? It's so funny you ask that because I have like a policy with my therapist and my mom about like, I don't, when people say, how are you? I'm always, I just give a gesture. A phys, I'm like, <laughs> um, because I, it's such a funny question. It's like, how am I distilled in this moment? I usually do some sort of like body check-in. I woke up feeling good. I was very chatty this morning. Like, I love speaking to myself. So I spent the whole morning just being like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're so right. Blah, 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 blah. And I feel like settled in my body. I feel, you know, a bit anxious because I just feel anxious sometimes. And um, yeah, I think that's like some of what I'm experiencing at the moment.
1: Wow, that's that's amazing. So like, I kind of want to just like really give you a uh, big shout out, like I really want to commend you for what you did with the, the summer project how you yeah, really. were able to initiate that project you know to bring African literature and make it accessible and available to to children like in the east side yeah. of Wilberg and also in the, the Makers Valley do you exactly. kind of want to just explain how that whole process came about and why you started that whole initiative
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny um, because it's something I rarely speak about nowadays. And I feel like people can even forget that it's something that is, you know, in my world, but basically uh, I was studying in the States at the time. And there was this opportunity to like get funding to do a summer project and I, and like $2,000 worth of funding, just that they would basically like give to you to do something that you're passionate about. So I was like, I have to think of something. Um, and my mom was actually doing a lot of work. My mom does a lot of community development work. So she has all of these amazing connections in Makers Valley um, and is doing a lot of work there. And I'm big to only, I feel like in community work, there's this tendency to be like, we're gonna go into this community and help them, you know? And it's like, you don't even have connections with people in this community. You don't know them know what would be valuable to them or not and I think this is where like a ton of projects don't work out because it's not connected to the community so I knew my mom had these connections um and together we were like what if we did something around books right just making books more accessible to people um and having them be in public places because libraries often feel so inaccessible like and there aren't that many libraries around that also stock african-centric literature um so we were like what if we just created book boxes in places where people are already gathering right so that it, it really becomes integrated in the community and um And if we focused it just on on African literature in different languages, because that was hugely important to us too. And and really just creating opportunities for people to read and to fall in love with reading and to develop a culture of reading. And so, yeah, we did, half of it was like that $2,000 grant. And we basically had that matched in individual donations. So we created this like big master list where people could buy a very specific book and then send it to the project and we'd include in the library. So everything was very curated um because I think a lot of the time with books people are just like oh here are just books read them and then the books are totally unrelatable to people and their context you know. So for each space we thought about what books are really going to have synergy here are going to connect with people here what languages are speak people speaking in the community you know like what languages do we have to think about intentionally bringing in like lingala um um, and uh and yeah, you know, just having all these an and you know, just all these languages from across the continent, also to kind of um, I want to say incite this feeling of a broader connection to the continent when we deal with so much xenophobic violence in the country, you know. So that was kind of some of the thinking around it.
1: Wow, that that's just amazing. Because I know you guys even start like Swahili. Um Sutu, Isulu. Yeah, a,
0: exactly. Right. Yeah, no, in languages I had never heard of before, like Lingala, you know, um, which is spoken in the DRC uh, and I think different parts in Central Africa, and uh, and then we just had someone come in the other day and the like, biggest smile on their face. They were like, "This is my language," you know, and you forget that those moments are so powerful for people to be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm seeing a book." in my language, you know? And for many people, it's like, I've never I've never seen, um, whether it's like a cartoon or a novel or whatever the kind of book is, um, like I've never seen my language represented in this way. And I've never seen myself, you know, and my people represented in this way. So it's really beautiful to have that.
1: Yeah, that, that's amazing. Cause at the end of the day, you know, knowledge is power. So if you're making these yeah. books available to these kids, it's, it's so powerful and it's most beneficial for the community.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: So are these libraries still around right now, the the five public spaces?
0: They are right now. I actually, I think there's more like four of them that are operational because there's one library that, you know, a lot of it was playing. Um, at the time we had one idea for a library space that would travel. Um, and that one like hasn't worked out (laughs) in the way that we expected it to. So I believe that there are four right now that are operational, um, that people are using, you know, benefiting from just, being with the books. And we really wanted it to be, I knew that I wanted like myself not to really have that much um, control over it once it was done, you know, because then it still feels like I'm not, I'm this outsider, you know, coming in and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really wanted there to be community ownership and community buy-in so that people would really feel like, oh, these are our library spaces hadidas are having a good time um and we have ownership over these books and we can connect with them whenever we want to so yeah and we just launched a new one um a few months ago and so yeah yeah it's all going well
1: that's incredible that's that's so inspiring as well um yeah i know that you um are into a lot of alternative holistic measures in terms of healing you kind of want to talk to talk to us about um psilocybin and and mushrooms because I feel like that's a conversation that not everyone has and knows about and I think it's, it's going to be very beneficial for people to find out you know
0: oh yes <laughs> I um it's kind of like my favorite thing to speak about is psilocybin mushrooms because I you know now I'm this person that like speaks about them all the time and yeah. so many people associate me with mushrooms, which is really fun. But two years ago, just over two years ago, I like was like, I will never, ever, ever, you know, eat a mushroom in my life. I was very much like, no, you know, like, that's just not my thing. And I'm never going to try it. And I'm never going to be into it. And, uh, and I had a friend that was like, just consider, you know, like, because I, I really bought into a lot of that propaganda against drugs, you know, mm-hmm. that like these things are bad and they're harmful. Um, and you'll take them once and you'll <laughs> be an absolute mess, you know? Um, and you'll just spiral into, you know, there's like so much that's like, don't do this. Um, and when I took them for the first time, I was like, oh my God, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Like, I felt like I had been lied to by the whole world about the potential of this medicine. And so that's when I really started, I just started speaking about it all the time. I was telling friends, I was telling my family, I was just like, anyone (laughs) that would listen. um, I was like, have you heard about psilocybin mushrooms? Um, And it actually ended up being amazing because so many people felt the same stigma and shame that I did, you know, like, like you see also movies where psychedelics are painted as this thing that's just like super weird and, you know, um, (laughs) and just, you know, like, yeah, there are just all these images that we have about what that experience looks like. So then when I had it for, I, you know, took mushrooms for the first time and I just realized like, whoa, this is helping me to work through my trauma. This is helping me to see things kind of from like a big picture perspective, you know, that's like bigger than my human, like I'm able to kind of step beyond my ego and say, like, oh, what's actually happening here? I feel like I connected with God like really for the first time. Like I had that because and I hear this now that I, I take people through, you know, their journeys with the medicine. And even I was journey guiding someone recently, and they, they're, you know, I think in their like late 50s or 60s. And they've been in this space of like oneness and universal consciousness and, you know, a very spiritual being. But after taking the mushrooms, they were like, that was really the first time that I had this embodied experience of knowing God. And so that's what got me really excited is like, we think so much in the society, but what if people could have this like direct experience of connection to God and connection own divinity, um, and connection to like this incredibly healing force, you know, so that's when I became an absolute Silomot, and, um, and really became passionate about showing people that this is an incredibly safe medicine, you know, like there are fewer psilocybin um, related hospitalizations than there are cannabis related hospitalizations. And a lot of us are pretty chilled with cannabis now, like we don't think of cannabis as this wildly dangerous You know, plant medicine um, and psilocybin is even safer in terms of hospitalizations and people have these amazing experiences, you know, and like there are so many studies that are coming out that are showing people that like this medicine has huge potential to heal the world. But also indigenous people have been saying this for thousands of years, you know, like I think often we come in and we're like Western science now says and it's like, actually, People have been saying this. People knew, our ancestors knew, you know, and it feels like this um, ancestral connection becomes possible through that medicine, which I think is really exciting too.
1: Well, that, that's, that's really powerful and also really insightful, um, especially for someone who hasn't, you know, experimented with psychedelics, because in, in my opinion, I think that psychedelics are, it's not like a recreational drug. Like if you're gonna take it to get yeah. fucked up, you're gonna get fucked up. <laughs> you know
0: yeah yeah it
1: should be respected like it's it's a tool for wisdom if you
0: literally set
1: your intention and be intentional about what trip you're about to go on it's going to open the door to so many possibilities and you know you're going to see another dimension of yourself that you never even could even believe that could be seen you know
0: exactly no I constantly have experiences where I'm like I had no idea the medicine could do that. You know, like every time I, I go on a journey or I guide someone through a journey, it's so different. And what they're able to experience is so different based on their intention, you know, and the set and the setting and all of those things. But you just realize sometimes I'm like, what can't psilocybin do? You know, like I'm yet to see, because I, I do think we're living in a world where so much of what we're suffering with is rooted in trauma. And psilocybin is so masterful at helping us to heal trauma. And I'm always interested in exploring more of that and the why, you know, but I don't know, there's something about that connection with God that just like blows everything, you know, wide open and into perspective, which is cool.
1: I mean, you mentioned such an interesting point, how psilocybin literally digs into the root of your trauma. Cause you know, as our being right now, some people aren't really conscious and unable to really just, sit and just be aware of their own like patterns and their own traumas they kind of try running away Absolutely. from it whereas if you're on a psychedelic like psilocybin there's no running <laughs> it's there's just no running <laughs> in <this style. laughs> that that's you you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so what would be a recommended um dosage for someone who's beginning in their psychedelic or psilocybin journey
0: Hmm. So it totally depends, right? Because when I started taking the medicine, I would take 3.5 grams. Like that was every journey, 3.5 grams. And that's kind of, some people will consider like a average dose is like 2.5 to 3.5 anything, you know, I would say in the like 0.1 grams to the one gram range is more of a microdose. But at the same time, I've had like mind blowing journeys at 0.4 grams, you know? So I actually think that there's, um, there's a lot more complexity. And sometimes I think like if you're in the space and the intention and you just use a little bit of the medicine, you can still go to these astronomical heights, but I would say, so hard to answer questions like these because it's like it depends you know but really i think it's it's a checking in with yourself of like what experience am i ready for and if you're ready for the kind of experience where you know your ego is blown wide open and you potentially meet god (laughs) um then you know look for more of like a 3.5 gram dosage, you know? Um, but if you're just wanting to see, you know, oh, could this benefit me and my, you know, anxiety or my depression, or, you know, like then maybe start with the microdosing protocol. I have a whole guide. People can find it. It's for free. Um, if you like, if you DM Instagram, actually, I'll just send it to you, but it like guides people through literally everything that you could have to know about dosage intention set and setting like I've really created it as a resource for people to work regardless of where you're starting from just you know learn how to create a connection with the medicine so for anyone who's listening they can Mm -hmm. reach out to me yeah
1: it's amazing and would you recommend um the person who's going to be experimenting with this for the first time, should they do it with a guide or should they just do it with people that they feel comfortable around or even by themselves?
0: Yeah, I think it's once again, it's one of those things where it's so dependent on who you are because the first time I did it, I was with people I knew, but none of them had ever taken psilocybin mushrooms before. (laughs) So they didn't have any frame of reference for what I was experiencing, but I felt confident in my ability to navigate that experience for myself. Some people really want to have a guide, you know, and have totally different experiences when they're guiding or being guided rather, um, because it does. it it frees up a level of safety in your body. You know that there's this person here watching out for you and they know what to look for and they know how to keep you safe. So then you don't have to, you know, be like freaking out internally. You can just allow yourself to go into the experience. I also journey alone all the time, you know, so I I don't tell people not to do anything like I love journeying by myself. Sometimes I do have a guide with me. Sometimes I don't, you know, um, but if you have a lot of fear, then I'd say have people around you, you know, just for the first time in time, you can experiment with what works for you, but yeah, it's kind of a, every, I'll always say this, it's my annoying thing, but I'm always like, it depends. It depends on the person, <laughs> you know, it just depends on what you and your soul journey are ready for.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's a really powerful point uh, about how, what you're ready for and, you know, setting the right intentions.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I want to ask you, what was that like, um, that shaking moment that happened to you or that you experienced that kind of like sets you off on your path towards your your spiritual journey that you're currently on.
0: Oh, what a wonderful moment. i'm I'm very big into the idea that like what we see as crisis as a world is actually a huge moment for breakthrough. If we can recognize it as that, and like work with that energy in that direction. And I think what's happening as a world and like, especially as it relates to mental health is that people who are experiencing these crises that could lead to breakthrough are being like shut down, you know, and it's like, don't go into that. Don't look into that just do this thing to suppress or to ignore or take this medication and i support everyone taking medication but i don't support kind of the pharmaceutical um you know (laughs) industrial complex assistance that every single being has to take medication you know i think we are over medicating people and so like for me what that looked like was i was I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression for a while. And so I was taking medication for that. I was taking such high amounts of medication. Um, and then eventually, I had this moment. and and really, you know, I understand it. and I was like a buildup of traumatic events that eventually my being was just like, enough. We have had enough, you know, and what that looked like to the outside world was bipolar disorder. And that was my diagnosis, you know, and I was hospitalized for suicidal ideation. Um, But inside of myself, I was like, I think there's something else happening here. You know, Um, I felt way more connected to spirit and to my ancestors than I had like in my entire life while I was also being cold, mad, and insane, you know, and given these different diagnoses and told to go on antipsychotics and, you know, like having this whole experience. And it just made me realize that there was something more. And I was being told that I would have to go on medication or I would spiral out of control and die. It was very fear-mongering. It was like, you're just going to lose control. You're not going to have any real sense of reality blah, 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 but I just had the sense inside of myself that, like, there's something else happening here, you know, like, there's just something else, you know, and so I trusted that, and it was hard, because I just suffered for many months, like, I just toiled around with that darkness that lived inside of me, Um, and I, and there was no, there was no, respite, there was no break. It was just constantly that. But through having to be there so consistently, like I had to that thing, you know, where we say with psilocybin, you can't run. <laughs> it's just you and you, you know? So I had to be like, damn, so it's just me and me now. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to find a way to survive, I have to look at these things that are so desperately, you know, wanting to get my attention. And so then I did. And I was like, Whoa, that totally blew my mind open, you know, to, to what this reality is about, what this lifetime is about, what we're doing here on earth, what I'm doing here on earth, you know. And so I just, that was the beginning. And then I just suffered for some time and I learned and I suffered and I learned and I suffered and I learned. And now here I am. Wow, that's, that's
1: amazing. Like, you're so strong. I mean, so <laughs> to go through that those you know those experiences especially going through it alone i mean did you have oh my any God. did you have anyone that you could you know kind of talk to or kind of someone that could kind of relate to what you were going through
0: so the beauty in all of this um is that so my brother was diagnosed with bipolar disorder as well he kind of went through the same storyline that i went through but when he was 16 so it'd been some time um but i was able to talk to him about like what what I felt was actually happening for me. And I have a mom who's so open-minded. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was able to talk to her, but there, there's always a limit, you know, when when someone can sit and empathize with your experience, but like when people aren't in the experience with you, it can feel really lonely. So for a long time it did, um, which is why I created the first season of Human Becoming podcast, because I was like, I feel crazy, but I don't feel like that I'm the only one having these thoughts, you know. I don't think I'm the only one making these connections or struggling with these things. Um, and and then I realize that oh, there's a whole community of people who are going through this. There's a whole community of people who relate to this moment of crisis, and it opening something totally different. So I had a lot of people around me. I really reclaimed the category of insane for myself <laughs> in that moment. I was like, insanity is actually this really misunderstood thing that happens to people. Um, but I had a lot of insane people around me at the time, which helped, you know, cause we could all just be like, it's not us, it's the society, <laughs> you know, like, how are we the only ones who are having these moments of like, this is absolutely bizarre. What we're doing as humans right now is bizarre. The way we're relating to the planet is bizarre. The way that we're so disconnected from ourselves is fucking bizarre. You know, like all of it is just weird. Um, and yet you look outside and like, especially pre COVID, everything was business as usual. And people were acting as if, you know, like, Everything is fine. We're just killing our planet and everything is fine and we're killing each other and everything is fine. and we're, you know, on this doom train of capitalism and everything is fine. And you're just like, I'm personally reacting to the fact that everything is not okay. <laughs> like nothing is okay here, you know, so yeah, support is important. And I think people often think they can make it through these experiences alone, but you can't, you really can't.
1: I mean, that's so true. No one exists on this planet as an island, you know, we, we need each other, especially as human beings, we, we are, we are best selves and we're connected to other people.
0: Yeah. And we thrive on connection, you know, like I thrive on connection, like it's, it's so human. We've only survived because of connection and our connections to other people. And it's like, now we live in the society where that's, those connections are so um like just skewed you know like and this is how i'm thinking of them you know like they've just been really morphed and changed and like and i think that is what people are reacting to at some level you know in all of our suffering is that like what is my connection to my ancestors like what is my connection to the land like what's my connection to the earth like what is my connection to myself like what's my connection to other beings like what is the quality of those connections is there a quality of those connections or am i just totally disconnected like i was you know and so that moment of just suffering showed me where i could connect with another being where i could connect with myself more deeply where i was being asked to connect with my ancestors and the earth you know um and so often we're just taught to dull that voice inside of us that's like telling us that something needs to change here or there's something more that's needing to happen um and so for me, that was what was really special about that time was just like, oh, back into connection, back into connection. And I think that's what humanity has to do now. is like, we have to move back into connection.
1: So true. So during this time and that, that period, how you were connecting more to your ancestors, did that kind of lead to a lot of revelations of you realizing that you were a spiritual healer?
0: You know, it it even started, I had an inkling, you know, like probably months before all of this started, which is when I first went to consult with the traditional healer and I was like something, something, so that felt like the premonition, <laughs> you know, of like something is gonna change here. Um, but definitely going through that whole experience, it, I definitely demystified what the healer is for me, because I think we often think of the healer as like, I don't know, the super mystical being that exists on the periphery of society. And like, in some ways we do, you know, but I think our healing gifts come from the things we've healed inside of ourselves. And while we're here on earth, you, me, all of us, we're being asked to heal things, you know? And then it's like, there's things that only you know from your healing journey that now your ancestors, God, the universe, your higher self, however you, you know, relate to the divine, is asking you to bring into human consciousness into this bigger project you know and it's like for me that was the realization like oh now i've had these experiences so that i can work with other people having this experience to find greater levels of freedom you know to find greater levels of of truth and authenticity and vulnerability and the things that will actually give their lives meaning because capitalism totally Um, disconnects us from any real sense of meaning, you know, and then gives us like this artificial meaning, you know, that comes from the work that you do, you know, your job, or how much money you make, or where you fit into the class system, or, you know, into all of these systems of hierarchy. And it's like, I actually want to reconnect people to because that's what I've done myself is like, what is real meaning for me, you know, and how do I help other people find real meaning, not this, like, meaning that's handed to us by a system that doesn't care about us at all you know like at all
1: wow that that's so amazing because not everyone does that not everyone wants to go in deep and really sit with themselves and ask themselves the real questions who am i what do i want what is my purpose how can i help
0: exactly <laughs> exactly
1: and it's an important yeah. thing and like i love what you're doing right now it's like you transmuting all your experiences like in, in the Indian culture they call it good karma you're using that mm. transmutation to bring about good situations for other people that they can use to bring about even more good situations for other people and it's, yeah and it's rooted in your dharma, purpose
0: yeah exactly exactly and I think there's something so powerful I think I get the sense that you are um that this is you as well <laughs> um but like connecting to your role and your purpose because i think capitalism almost like literally we're given one you know and then we also because we see how people uh receive affirmation or love or care in society we associate that with this very specific image of success you know which really looks like being at the top of the pyramid um and then sometimes the whole society just starts striving for that, for being at the top of the pyramid, you know. and I think what's been so freeing for me is just like, I don't care about what is my purpose. <laughs> you know like not how can I be seen as successful in the society or how can other people you know, really affirm me in the society, but like how can I live out what I came here to do? And I think that's what we all have to do, you know.
1: yeah, it's not getting stuck in a red race.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And literally what you said now, just um, embracing that your true self, you know, at the end of the day, we are pure potentiality, you know, we are infinite beings, spiritual beings, occasional human experiences.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: So while all this was going on, you mentioned it a bit earlier that that's what kind of birthed the Human Becoming podcast. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about that?
0: Yeah. Oh, my baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So for me, it was like I had all these experiences of making connections between things, you know, like these things that society was telling me were totally separate, like my experiences of being oppressed under the patriarchy and capitalism um, and the colonial system, you know, is disconnected from um, my spirituality. And there's something that like those two worlds don't meet, you know, like trauma and spirituality also doesn't meet the world of sexuality and sensuality and bodies. And, you know, like I had all these things that I was like, because I I studied African history in college. And so I was so interested in history, which is so tied to my interest in trauma, you know? Um, and there were just all these different things that I was like, bring it together and I had to bring it together for my own healing you know to realize that like oh I'm my body is reacting to all of this trauma that I've experienced big societal trauma intergenerational trauma past life trauma like I was just like there's many there's many levels you know um and then I was like I want to share that I want to share what I've learned in, because for me, the big thing that felt so lonely in that whole experience was, why isn't anyone else talking about this? Like, why can't I find the people who are sharing this, this with me, you know? And sometimes I would, I find people and I'd feel like, you know, that, that meme of the person making all the different links between things. Like, that's how I felt. (laughs) Yeah, literally just like, um, and then, I, you know, I was just committed to offering that to people and just telling my story, essentially, you know, even though there were bigger themes that I was thinking about too, I really was just like, I want people to know that there is something on the other side of this. If you really want to work with that energy, you know, like there is, there is greater freedom and greater truth and greater authenticity that can be found on the other side of something that almost has killed you you know something that is one of the most challenging experiences of your life now i feel is one of the most meaningful experiences of my life that i would not change for the world for what it has taught me you know and so i just wanted to say like and there you go, you know, and so many people then resonated, which was wild for me because I thought I was telling a story that was really just my own. And so it also blew open that like, oh, there's something bigger happening on this planet. Many people are being affected by it. And those people who are being affected by it are finding synergy with this podcast.
1: Wow, like,
0: nice. yeah, I also was like, and a breath.
1: <laughs> yeah, um That's, it's really inspiration how you were able to be so vulnerable and really just express, you know, express your being. It, it takes courage to do that. I think it's a, a vulnerability, the thing that's frowned upon in society, but
0: mm.
1: it's a strength. It takes courage to, to be vulnerable and be true to who you are and express what you've been through. And like we talked about early on, that can help someone else dealing with what they're going through.
0: Yeah. And even there, I just want to say like, I'm such a messy human being. (laughs) Like I'm such a messy human being. I have, there's so much darkness that lives inside of me. There's so much light that lives inside me. There's, there's so, there's so much happening here, you know? And so still with the podcast, it is incredibly brave and courageous. And I have moments where I'm like, now I'm sitting with the episode that I'm supposed to release on Sunday. And I'm like, (gasps) you know, because I'm, I'm constantly pushing myself to say the things that I don't want to say that we're not supposed to say, right. Um, to speak about the really, the experiences where people are like, Oh my God, I experienced that too. But I never thought I could tell anyone about that. you know, especially speaking more about sex and sexuality for me, that's really the avenue to just speak about the things that we're all too scared to speak about, you know? Um, and it's been fascinating. It's a spiritual journey for me to create the podcast. You know, it's not just like la la la, because I'm showing up not as like the guru and the light worker and the, you know, the like healer who knows everything. I'm just showing up as a messy human being who's constantly trying to figure out how to become more human and embody more of the complexity and more of the mess and the shadow and the stuff that, this society has judged so intensely in me, but as a part of who I am. Yeah, and that's what I'm really turned on by, like at the moment is like going into those edgy places that are gonna make people so uncomfortable, but we have to look at them, you know, like we have to look at the darkness we have to look at the fear, we have to look at the shame, shame is my favorite one, we have to look at the trauma, you know, Um, we have to be alone in the room with ourselves and say like, it's just you and me now, (laughs) because it's necessary, it really is. Yeah,
1: I mean, the beauty is in the imperfections and like, you raised such an interesting point, you know, in terms of your shadow self, your darkness, your dark intentions. I think sure. everyone in life tries to, you know, shun it away and like <laughs> hide it in a little corner, but that doesn't do you any good. You have to literally integrate your shadow self and your higher self and to get to that equilibrium, exactly. synthetic moment of where you, that spiritual, spiritual, like I see it myself as like spiritual warrior In order, in order to get to that spiritual warrior, I have to blend in my higher self and integrate my shadow self. I have to be aware exactly. of my unconscious patterns, my ego, like when I have ego moments and like just being aware yeah. of those things and not trying to change anything about it, just witnessing it.
0: Just seeing, exactly. Observing it. And yeah. then with that,
1: because you're aware of those, you know, shadow, that your shadow self, it's not going to pop on you and just surprise you out of nowhere because <laughs> you prepared for it. you prepared, yeah, it, Literally. And that's yeah. how you're able to get to that synthetic moment of, being that spiritual warrior, transcending yeah. this, Darwin, reaching a new realm.
0: Absolutely. No, and there's so much in what you just said, um, like so much richness there. But I I feel like when we when we don't do that, uh then that starts to haunt us you know like you were saying when you're with it it doesn't just gain on you but then when you're not with it it really will you know and it will just be waiting and waiting and waiting and then (laughs) you know and you're like damn okay I didn't see you you know and um and I think it's so for me it's been really powerful because like there are layers in entering the shadow realms you know and you're like oh wow and you know and you're watching and you're keeping that non-judgmental viewpoint you know But then sometimes you come up against dark stuff, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I've been realizing this inside of me. I'm like, oh, wow, there's some really dark stuff in here, you know, like stuff that I never expected. Like I had a moment I took a microdose of psilocybin mushrooms the other day and I was like, am I evil? Like I was genuinely I, I, I went into my mom's study and I was like, mom, I have to tell you something. I'm evil. (laughs) Like, I was like, I have to come out as an evil person just because I was experiencing this level of darkness inside of myself that I had never met, you know, and it was so dark that I, I called it evil, but I realized that's just a judgment, you know, all that there is, is God. This is just another aspect, you know, but it's scary work and more people are starting to speak about it now, but I I also want people to know that it's not just like, la lili, ha ha, it's like, it's, it's terrifying the, sometimes, you know, you um, and yeah, but it, but it's, that's where, you know, when you said like, it's brave, it's courageous because it is to sit with those parts of yourself is terrifying. And to do it is so courageous. It really is.
1: Actually, And it's good. Yeah. Like you said, now how you, you were experiencing those thoughts. And I think it's good that you expressed it because when you express it, you release it. Uh,
0: exactly. I was like, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So the Human Becoming podcast, does it kind of revolve around sexual liberation, spiritual liberation, and political liberation? Those three spheres? So it's
0: interesting that my little Venn diagram um, is each season of the podcast is so different. So like the first season was just me exploring, okay, I went mad, I went insane. What does that mean? and then it's just me exploring that question really you know and meeting some and even then i realized even though i didn't think about shadow so actively a lot of it was about meeting my anger re- meeting my like deep rage you know meeting my fears and um, and meeting so many aspects of myself that were like hey hi hello Introduce us, please. Um, And the second season, because I'm, I'm, you know, I work as a um, sex and relationship coach and I'm, you know, training as an advanced practitioner in this very particular method at the moment.
1: And that's a wrap, folks. Episode's over. Thank you so much to Dumi for really gracing us with her time and really sharing a heartwarming story towards her growth towards her journey and sharing her experiences it really was heartwarming and really moving to hear her story and to hear how she's managed to transmute all her experiences towards helping other beings out there so I really want to send all my love to to Tumi and really commend you for that you're doing and really wish you all the best for the future and I know that you definitely going to be a world changer and i really am wishing you nothing but prosperity and abundance and joy in your life <sighs> man oh man <laughs> silver toby's beats always had me feeling energized but also have me feeling calm like i'm i'm always able to really think clearer and really just think 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 properly so If you're looking to hear more of Sobotobi's music, you can check him out on Twitter. His handle is at Sobotobi, S-O-B-E-R-T-O-B-Y, and he has the same handle for Instagram. You can check him out, he's a really funny guy. (laughs) Um, And yeah, also check out his music on Spotify and, and Apple Music. You definitely won't be disappointed. I really just wanna give my thanks to all the listeners. I really am grateful and really do appreciate every single one of you who continue to listen to the podcast. I am going to ask you one huge favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and turn on your notifications to get alerts when new episodes are released. Yeah, so you guys can just dive into the information that we're going to be giving you guys and if you haven't already check out um, our other episodes there's so many powerful creative so many inspirational entrepreneurs that we've had on that you can learn from and you can get motivated to whatever you are trying to do in your life presently peace out